All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tubes Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. And as I mentioned yesterday on the website and on Twitter, my guest for today's podcast is ESPN analyst Coach Jimmy Dykes. Uh, great to connect with him. Happy to have him back on ESPN, both as an in-game analyst, a studio analyst. Uh, just does an excellent job with, with all the knowledge and the way he breaks the game down. Very fun to listen to. Uh, and happy to have him back for, for what is, you know, the most exciting time we can remember in the world of SEC basketball. Uh, but we touched on a lot of different things, talked about Tuesday night's matchups, uh, what it kind of meant for Arkansas to get their first road win of the season at Georgia in the manner that they did, uh, LSU's big win over Texas A&M, and kind of what it means for both of those teams now going forward. Kentucky rebounding with a win over Mississippi State, and kind of what to expect from the Wildcats as they head into a very big challenge uh, no pun intended on Saturday in the Big 12 SEC challenge when they head to West Virginia uh, and then touched on Tennessee uh, Tennessee being a team that they held on to beat Vanderbilt last night didn't play great in the second half but he talks about just kind of what he thinks of this Tennessee team and can the Vols be one of those teams that are standing there at the end you know in that regular season title conversation uh, so we talked a lot about that and then previewed some of the matchups that are going to take place on Wednesday night as Florida will host South Carolina, Auburn takes on Missouri, uh, and maybe what the keys to victory are for both for those teams in both of those matchups. So a really great conversation. Uh, no surprise there. Again, just does a great job with the work that he does on ESPN. Very fun to listen to. So without any further ado, here is the conversation with ESPN analyst Coach Jimmy Dykes. All right, guys, welcome back in to the Southeast Tubes podcast. As I mentioned, my guest today is ESPN analyst Coach Jimmy Dykes. And, Coach, just to get started off with here, another wild night of action around the SEC. Five games all offered a bit of intrigue. Uh, what were some things that maybe caught your eye the most from, from Tuesday night's action? Well, I thought Arkansas's win on the road was really critical for them. It's a team that lacked a true road win going into last night, and they got one on the floor floor of a Georgia team that you know is right there on the cusp of the NCAA tournament when you break down their resume uh, and, and how they did it you know to go into double overtime and, and their guards Barford was lethal in the first half and then Macon kind of took over the game in the second half so I thought that win was really big and I continue to be impressed with how Ole Miss plays especially at home you know they're they're unbeaten they've beaten Florida and Alabama in that building in conference play and Andy's guys are just, they kind of take on his personality. They don't, they don't get rattled. They, you can, like last night, Alabama had an 18 0 run on Ole Miss in the first half, and Ole Miss comes right back and puts an 11 0 run on them, I think. So, um, just every night right now, just you just don't know. You know, like Texas A&M, we thought, well, they're getting right. They're getting healthy. They, they've won two games. They go and LSU puts it on them. They just outworked them and, Love the game from start to finish, and I, I think that's what we're going to continue to see for the next five weeks in this league is the, the unpredictability of uh, game to game, and it's going to be uh, those teams that can grind it out the best over the next five weeks are going to be the ones that finish in the top half of the league. 
And you talked about Arkansas. You know, you're you're a coach. You've been there before. You you've kind of seen some of these teams just from a, a psychological standpoint. How big is it to get a win like that in the way they did? Just just because of how much they have struggled on the road. And is this kind of one of those points where you feel like if Arkansas is going to turn a corner, it's going to be after a game like that? Yeah, I said last night in the studio that this could be kind of a season-changing moment for Arkansas because until you win one on the road, you really don't know how or, or, or know in your heart you're going to be able to do it. And they did, and, and now they can go get the next one. And um, But, you know, when you have six seniors like Arkansas has and three senior guards on the floor for anywhere from 30 to 36 minutes a game, they should they, they should be able to go win on the road now in this league. And that's what it takes is older guys, and those older guys came came through last night for Arkansas. Thompson had a huge block at the end. It looked like Mayton, who could very well be the, the, the player year in the league, was right there at the rim, ready to win the game for him, and Thompson blocks a shot, and Beard made shots, Macon made shots, Barford made shots, and I was very impressed with Arkansas's ability last night several times in that game to make a a late clock three you know they didn't feel the pressure of the shot clock on them they jumped up and made big shots at big moments and you talked about Ole Miss snapping uh, Alabama's winning streak and we've seen Alabama start to play better a bit especially it seems like on the offensive end of the floor and that's brought up the discussion about them playing offense without Colin Sexton and that sort of thing you know we've seen them play a lot this year I saw them here in Nashville against Vanderbilt and it seemed like the one thing that stood out the most to me was just there wasn't much movement. There was sort of a lot of standing and watching and kind of deferring to Sexton in a lot of situations. Uh, what's maybe been that difference offensively right now? Because I know a lot of people are pointing out, well, sometimes it looks like that they're playing better without him, and as good of a talent as he is, that's not a knock on him. I just think what we're seeing maybe is just more movement and more flow to their offense right now. Yeah. Um, you go back and watch the two games without Sexton, the ball did did touch – three or four people before the shot went up and the ball didn't move. They had a, they had a high turnover half against Auburn. I think they had 13 turnovers in the half about Sexton. But from that point on, they really took care of the ball the second half against Auburn and then in their next game without him. So, um, but then last night, you know, it's like you said, it, he's such a great talent and you want the ball in his hands, but the offense looks completely different because now he's going downhill. There's a lot there's more ball screen action. Ball's not getting side to side. It's not getting moved. It's not getting moved before they drive the ball. Uh, so it's something Avery's have to figure out because it, it, obviously he's a super talent. Uh, but they get get the right blend of him with the ball and the ball moving without him handling it as well. And speaking of a super talent, you know, Tremont Waters and what he's doing for LSU right now, I think this is certainly a team that, that's come a lot further than we thought they would this early in Will Wade's tenure there. But Duop Reith is also a guy that's playing his best basketball of his career right now, it seems, the way he's played these past two games uh, and kind of inserted asserted himself in the paint. What impresses you most just about that one-two combo right now for LSU? Well, that and, uh, you know, the Epps kid has had a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got – shooters you can put around Tremont Waters and they run a fair amount of the spread pick and roll and, and you have to stay attached to shooters or, or Waters is going to penetrate and kick it's a lot of pressure on your defense but that kid really dominated the game last night when you look at his stat lines it's amazing that he had 15 points five rebounds five assists five steals he, he surpassed all those marks it's only the second time this year in our league that we've had a player do it and he's the only one that's done it he's done it twice so Trying to get eight steals in that game was just incredible, and 
Uh, I, I think he's I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he has some Trey Young in him. Tremont Waters does when you watch him play in terms of how good he is with the ball, how he finds people, how he sees the pass before anyone else on the floor can see where the pass needs to go. I mean, that, that pass he made last night was two, uh, a two-bounce bounce pass in for a layup. That was really something. That was a that was a whole other next level pass that that kid made, and uh, now you get Reef doing his thing around the rim, and Epps as a big guy can make shots, and um, they're you know they they they've been awful close, and they continue to be a a, a tough out, and they're gonna they're gonna be a they're they're a problem to handle in this league right now, but it all starts with that Waters kid. Yeah, and the team on the other side last night, Texas A and M. We, we mentioned that earlier, talking about sort of the, they're moving into what feels like sort of a danger zone here, at two and six in league play. They'll go to Kansas on Saturday for the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. They'll come back after that for three or four at home. But when you look at this Texas A and M team, I mean, is there sort of an easy way to diagnose the problem here? Is it just a matter of this team kind of losing that flow they had earlier in the season due to having so many guys out and just not being able to rebuild that chemistry yet? Well, I think only Billy Kennedy probably really knows. You know, yeah. just watching from the outside, they 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 just don't seem like they're playing with the urgency, maybe as they did early as well. You know, I, I I that that team they took way too many threes last night in that game. I don't know the exact number in front of me. I think it was in the twenties, and they they have to play through Davis and Williams. Those guys have to be the guys taking the shots, and then the open three should come off of those touches. I'm not sure they have the right balance right now in their offense to do it. And, you know, when you have suspensions and injuries and, and, and things that have happened to them, your, your chemistry is such a, it's such a, a fine thin line, almost from one day to the next, trying to keep it, keep your chemistry good and keep your guys feeling good about themselves individually and collectively. And well, once you lose it, it's sometimes hard to get back. And I just, I thought I saw signs of it when they're in their two wins last week, but then last night they just they got outworked by LSU, and that's that's the that, that that's a concern. And now they go to Kansas on Saturday, and we all know college basketball fans how difficult a task that's going to be. So, yeah, I think they're I think they're in that danger zone right now at, at two and six in the league, and and uh, they, I think they have to fight their tail off to try to get to nine and nine. If they do, they'll be fine. But anything below nine and nine, you're going to start getting in jeopardy. I think if you look at that NCAA tournament. And another team that has a big challenge on, on Saturday, and that's Kentucky, as they go to West Virginia. They bounced back last night with a win over Mississippi State. Big night from P.J. Washington. Uh, did we learn anything just about this Kentucky team and that in that performance against Mississippi State after those back-to-back losses? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, they beat a team in the bottom half of the SEC on their home floor, you know, and, and you're supposed to do that. There are still some signs last night of, you know, I, I think they make – several lazy passes a game that absolutely will not work against West Virginia on Saturday. Um, I would, I was very surprised to go into the game last night. They were like, was last in the league in defensive rebound percentage. Um, and, and that, that should never happen. They have, they have too much size and length around the rim to not be getting a much higher percentage on the defensive glass. And, uh, I know they made some threes last night. Knox was playing three for three in the first half. That's still not strength, but so I think it's to be determined. You know, they they're capable of going West Virginia and winning. I go back to the fact that they beat Louisville ninety to sixty one a month ago, and Louisville is a good team. I've seen them. I've done, I've done one of their games. So Kentucky has it in them, but they have to play the right way. And if they if they turn that ball over against West Virginia and they don't do a good job on uh, boxing off, 
West Virginia run them off the floor. Uh, and that, that, that's going to be a that's going to be a whole other level of defense uh, and toughness that, that Kentucky has not seen so far this year. And they're going to have to adjust quickly in that game. And Coach Tennessee last night that they held on, beat Vanderbilt. Uh, another you know another win for the Vols that they have been one of those teams. Now they've won five of six. Uh, when you look at this team, the way I, I kind of guess I view them, and I've talked about this, is it doesn't seem like there's really anything that's just overly that stands out. They just have a lot of guys that play hard, and then obviously the way Grant Williams has been playing, he's been fantastic. D- does Tennessee have the makeup of a team that could be right there at the end when we're talking about a regular season SEC title contender? I, I think they do. I, I really like them. I, I know they didn't have a good second half last night. Vanderbilt played well, and and – the right of the chance kid really just started making shots and playing without pressure when you're down like that and 15 points at the half. You're like, what the heck? Let's just start, let's just start playing, you know, what we have to lose and fought their way back. And, but I, I trust Tennessee. I trust them in terms of their effort and their toughness and how well they're coached. And I, I think they're a really good defensive team. Now they didn't, they didn't guard in the second half last night, but I saw them at South Carolina on Saturday. I did the game and, and Rick said the same thing. It was the best defensive performance since, back at their win against uh, Purdue. So I think Tennessee has the makings to hang right in there in the SEC race all the way to the end, absolutely. And then two big matchups tonight here on Wednesday as you've got South Carolina going to Florida. Uh, Auburn's going to head to Missouri. Starting with that Florida-South Carolina game, uh, the Gators have certainly looked a lot better. They're playing better offensively. And Would you agree that maybe the biggest difference for Florida right now has just been the play of guys like Keystone and Kavarius Hayes, the way they've stepped up inside? Yeah, they've helped. You know, Stone's another guy that can make a primer shot, and, and Hayes has kind of grown into his role. But to me, it all starts with Chioza. Uh, last week in their, their two wins, he had 17 assists and two turnovers, and that's just that's an unbelievable number of a point guard in this league to do that. And I probably trust him as a point guard as much or more than any other point guard in the league right now, just in terms of steadiness and understanding what, what how the coach wants that team to play and, and, and how the, and how they're supposed to win. So, you know, they're hard to handle when they're making threes and they got four guys that can make them. And they're up against the South Carolina club tonight. That's, you know, wounded a little bit their, their backs against the wall in this SEC race but they are very good at cleaning the glass on both ends South Carolina is they don't they don't give you much on the offensive glass at all and, and that's not Florida's anyways I think something to watch in that game Florida's first shot has to be good tonight they have to shoot a good percentage on their first shot because I don't anticipate them getting a lot of second shots and for us, South Carolina still has got to produce. You know, he didn't he didn't score. He didn't play well against Tennessee, and, and the, on Saturday they lost. And they just don't have enough offense. If Silva getting his average, and if Silva can go down there tonight and and get those 18 points he's capable of getting, and South Carolina defends hard like they are capable of, that could be a much more interesting game than what the 11 or 12 spread is right now on it. And then finally, Auburn at Missouri, since it's two teams that kind of have, I guess you say, a clash with Scott Styles and the way they play. Uh, what's maybe the biggest thing you're looking at for each team tonight and trying to pull out the victory there? Well, they both like to shoot threes, you know, and they're both shooting yeah. threes at a high rate, and, and they're making threes. Um, I think they both defend really well with, with different styles. Auburn's a team that kind of plays a different style overall than anyone else in the league, so... I think Bryce Brown is a very underrated, very underrated in this league and probably nationally as a two guard. And he's 25 points 
in the second half on Saturday against Georgia kind of opened a lot of people's eyes maybe to how good this kid is. So um, I, I like the aggressiveness of Auburn. I talked about last night in the studio that they've actually taken – they take more free throw attempts in road games right now than they are at home. That's a sign of a very aggressive team that regardless of where the game's played, they're, they're, they're going to try to be the team that outworks you and driving the ball downhill like they do. And, and uh, that, that, that's how Bruce Bruce's team been playing this year. So – that's going to be a heck of a game at, at Missouri's. I, I think I, I trust them too. I know they struggled against A and M, scoring over the weekend, but that's a team that really guards you. They've got size. They've got shooters. Their their, their guard play has been solid, not great. Um, but it's going to have to hold up tonight because Auburn can get after you. I think Auburn's got three really good perimeter guards, and if Missouri turns that thing over and lets Auburn get running, then 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 that's going to be a, a, a tough out from Missouri on their home floor. Absolutely. Coach, uh, again, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Great to catch up with you and glad to have you back there, like I said, on ESPN. Uh, we love watching you, so hopefully we'll get to catch up with you again here soon. All right, Blake. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. That was the conversation with Coach Jimmy Dykes. Uh, again, really happy to have him on. Hopefully we can make that happen again here soon. Uh, as we just love talking SEC basketball here on the Southeast Hoops Podcast. If you're listening to it, that means you love SEC basketball as well. Uh, so thank you again for, for listening, and thank you, as always, for your support of SoutheastHoops.com. A ton of written work going on right now. Uh, our staff is just really just – we're grinding right now. We're, we're trying to give you guys the best coverage you can find of SEC Hoops, and we got a lot of great stuff going up, game previews, Obviously, my usual daily predictions posts, which a lot of you get a kick out of uh, and, and laugh at me whenever I don't make the right picks. But in a, in a league like this this year, it's not always easy to do, uh, but we have fun with it. So I appreciate you continuing to read that. And then the, the RPI report that we do every week, the inside the numbers, just a lot of different stuff. If you like SEC hoops, southeasthoops.com is a place to be because we just do a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, and again, credit goes to my staff for, for helping me out, and they do an excellent job uh, on there as well. So uh, be sure to stay tuned to all that. Subscribe to the podcast. Just go over to iTunes and search for Southeast Hoops. You can find the podcast there. That way you can subscribe. Don't miss any of these interviews. I'll have a lot more guests coming up here as we're really into the you know the thick of SEC play now, halfway through. Uh, a lot of guests will be joining me as we continue to kind of make that march uh, towards March Madness, which will be here before you know it now. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned to that. So thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.